Good afternoon and welcome to the first in the Re-Sleeves podcast talks. Uh, it's Friday the 1st of March 2013 and I'm joined online by Ben Waddington. Hi Ben. Hi. And so uh, this is the first of um, an entirely new show and it's, but it's something we've been talking about doing for some time, uh, although initially not as a podcast. We were talking about doing this as a written form blog, um, and the podcast just seemed to be a, a kind of natural form for it to take right right now. I mean, we could get it we could get it started, and I guess the subject that we'll be talking about as well is something we've uh, well we've probably we've been talking about it probably as long as we've known each other, and for the thirty years before that, <laughs> independently. Some research required leading up to this moment. Yeah. So it, it struck me actually this morning that um, we, we we could while we could have talked about this this topic and have been for thirty years um, at least that it it was strangely topical all of a sudden. Yes, there was a, a big surprise earlier on in the year. Uh, David Bowie's birthday was celebrated by himself, specifically by the announcement of a new single after um, 10 years or more of um, people having quietly assumed that he'd practically retired, uh, no public appearances mm. during that time. And um, it was a very kind of transitional uh, moment when we saw the graphic of the new um, single and album uh, in as much as the creator Jonathan Barnbrook, the graphic designer, um, has created the new sleeve for the album the next day using the old sleeve from 1977 of Heroes um, mm -hmm. very powerfully, uh, a white square almost like a, a, a sensor's uh, um, block uh, obliterates the entirety then of uh, Bowie's face. And um, mm. it's interesting that it's still very much a recognizable picture. I don't think there's any Bowie fan who wouldn't instantly know what the, um, uh, the message is. I think there's a... Um, I, the album is not released, so I, I'm looking at a very small uh, image of it on um, Google Image Search. But the, uh, the, the title of the original album, Heroes, has been scored through. We've hello? still got... Hello, still here. It, we've oh, we've, yeah, we've still... Still got a few days before the actual release of this album, so there's a moment of uh, reflection on our relationship, I suppose, with uh, uh, Bowie sleeves uh, of the past, and mm. um, anticipating what the album will uh, as much look like, what it will feel like to have. <laughs> I've, I've uh, already ordered mine on iTunes, and I suppose that will be downloaded during the night at some point. But uh, certainly yes. intend to own the uh, the release on vinyl when when that happens. Uh, so it's the yes. the anticipation of holding this unexpected object that even a few weeks ago, uh, I don't think anybody really was expecting to ever exist. No, that's right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, he I'd heard on several occasions that that he was retired, 
Um, and and I guess there's also that thing of of the format being retired as well in many in many senses that we're increasingly we are buying our music digitally, um, and it and it's existing only as a kind of virtualized, almost skeuomorphic reference to the notion of a, of an album sleeve or in some to some extent to a cd sleeve in that in that small square of uh, pixels that we that we increasingly look at on the screen of our phones um or or within a window in itunes and and i think when that um when that barnbrook image uh, the barnbrook design for the next day appeared did i i was unsure how to read it i was unsure as to whether it was a placeholder graphic um, yes. as a small a small item did you did you get the same the same impression? Well, I, I did. It took me um, a certain amount of time to establish what it was I was seeing, and um, uh, without having heard the uh, the music, um, which relates to um, re- reflecting on his uh, uh, Berlin years, um, recognized that it was a, 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 an old album sleeve. And yes, everything about the typography suggests a, a, a quite quickly arranged um, uh, method of communicating something, especially when the, the title that appears on that is the next day. And it really feels mm. like um, it's a, a message that someone's left in there to uh, to anticipate uh, when we can expect to uh, to hear this uh, this object, not having the thing in front of us, uh, not having access to the um, the finished printed graphic is another experience, a whole new set of um, layers of uh, a context in which you're supposed to decode uh, what it is you're seeing. I think this has always been the case with Bowie sleeves or album sleeves as a whole, that as, uh, when it does arrive, when you are holding the physical item and it really is a finished object, um, there's still plenty of work to be done to determine what it is exactly you're, uh, you're seeing. Yes. Yeah, and we and at that point, looking at um, at the digital thing, there was no indication either as to whether it would ever exist in the physical realm, um, I, I think the first thing I heard was that there were no there were no plans for a physical version of it, there were yes. no plans for vinyl, and, the, and then it's only, only in the last couple of weeks that I <clears throat> I heard that actually we are getting a vinyl version, and I and in the review in the Guardian last week, um, had a, a reference to a very minimal uh, back cover, uh, which just featured a track listing. Did you did you pick up on that as well? Yes, uh, and uh, quite quickly established that there wasn't going to be a CD single, for example, with extra tracks that I could yes. pick pick up at HMV. Well, let's face it, <laughs> a lot has changed in these intervening yes. uh, ten years, and they're still changing. You know, as as we speak, things have not settled down. But my standard yes. then for um, uh, I, I would occasionally, I suppose, still buy a single. But um, very much from an era when having every, for, certainly for my favorite artists, having every available piece of information, whether it's text or visual information, still feels critical. Um, and uh, merely downloading it from uh, iTunes 
uh, isn't enough. <laughs> so if, yeah, if the option right. was the, if the option was there to uh, to buy the single from uh, Woolworths, oh no, they don't exist anymore. Uh, I, d I have no <laughs> idea now if I went uptown to try and buy the single where I would head. Um, <laughs> literally, no idea where, where I would do that. Um, yeah. So, uh, yes, when I established that there wasn't a, f a physical single that um, I should just uh, get on with um, downloading it and, um, and listening to the music and seeing what yeah, I could so do yeah. about decoding the, the, the sleeve later or, um, uh, um, uh, yes, having a, a closer look online. Mm. I think this is the first Bowie album where I won't have first consumed it on a physical format yes uh, I, think, I think yeah likewise yeah i'm just yeah, looking so, at the barnbrook uh, just... sleeve and something just occurred to me whether the um the, the size of the um white square obliterating yes. the center of the the image is actually a seven inch uh single sized um ah. block so yeah. Without I haven't, uh, without, yeah. without doing some maths <laughs> with a little ruler and a quick uh, calculation, I don't know if I could prove that, but um, it might be if more I, if obvious. I had a, if I had a seven-inch single in front of me, I could place it over the uh, original sleeve, which I have here, and um, and ascertain pretty quickly how much of it, it is obscured. Yeah, but I don't. I've got some in storage. <laughs> let's not do that now. Let's uh, let's no, say that no. we've um, noticed a, a quick relationship with the yeah. various well, squares as, associated as, with that. Left uh, as an exercise for the read for the yeah. listener. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, so yes, I, I have the uh, I, I I hauled in my uh, my vinyl today of the of the three albums that we were particularly interested in referring back to. So I have them in front of me. Um, shall, shall we at this point explode the um, Berlin trilogy myth as we see it? Um, mm. uh, it's certainly yeah. a useful bracket of Bowie's career to refer to, um, or some, mm. sometimes people call this, um, these three albums as being the Eno-produced albums uh, or the Eno mm. albums. And sometimes that's um, a, a, a treated as a derogatory um, you know, almost a contemptuous uh, uh, moment for the long-term Bowie fan who's grown up with a, a very different kind of Bowie from the early 70s, perhaps even the late 60s, and uh, was perhaps a little disconcerted to see him do this um, very experimental approach to, to uh, pop music. Um, mm. Certainly for me, it's my favourite Bowie period. Uh, in terms yes, of the, I think the, the the myth, then, um, I think, well, one of the, we can talk more about exactly what Reesleeve's remit is over the series of podcasts, but I'm very interested in the whole context of where all these things sit. So even beyond the printed graphic that our vinyl albums and CDs used to sit in, um, uh, there's many more um, things to talk about. I think of Berlin as being a context that um, informs how we hear the music. 
um, I think it adds an extra layer knowing that this is from a mysterious uh, European city. The reality yes. is that um, uh, the, the last of the, the trilogy, the trilogy, in case anyone doesn't know, being uh, Low Heroes and Lodger, well, certainly Lodger was not recorded or really directly influenced, I think, by Bowie's stay in Berlin. Um, and the first album was, was recorded in France, but um, I'm sure by that time he would have, um, you know, Bowie would have had some experience of what it was like to live in the city of Berlin, and that surely must have informed the flavour of the music that he was um, creating. And it was mixed at Hansa by the Wall, wasn't it? That's the right. Credits yeah. on yes, it's, yes, it is true. I think perhaps one or two um, instruments recorded there too. But uh, yes. it's certainly Heroes is the only um, uh, uh, element of that trilogy that can really be said to uh, be a, a Berlin album. Yes. Does, does so it why affect... is it that the... Uh, yeah. Carry on, sorry. Uh, I, it certainly influences how I hear the albums. Knowing I don't really, I don't really think of it as a deceit any more than um, mm. a, any lyric that uh, Bowie might sing shouldn't be regarded as being a historical document of his life. Um, but the yes, the, the the way I think of as uh, of Lodgers is very much an international um, uh, 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 release. Uh, the, yes. the songs that reference a lot of, we're not going to be talking too much about the, the music, but the songs reference international destinations. So I think of it as being an international <laughs> record. Yes, it has that kind of sense of placelessness that um, that I, th I think it, that does flow from uh, from the time in, in Berlin, I think. Uh, it does feel like, like this kind of displaced Western artist, Western pop star that has taken himself away from um, the centre of, uh, of of maybe what was his career up to that point. Um, and I think that is then reflected in the graphics for Lodger, but... Um, with the postcard notion um, and the, the little the, the version I've got of Lodger in front of me is the original gatefold sleeve um, and, and in fact I, I was talking to you the other day about, about what was inside and I yes. my memory of, of the inter, in, inside was incredibly sketchy and I thought why is that and today I realised that exactly why that is and it's because my version is shrink-wrapped um and has never actually been opened so the i can i can get the vinyl out and the inner sleeve out but i can't open um the inside so i've never spent a great deal of time studying the inside although the, obviously photographs exist online and in books maybe the time that, has come uh, for you that to... spread Maybe I maybe can't bring myself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it well, it has. Um, its it, value will depreciate by. Um, <laughs> well, it's amount. it's it's not really. It's not even that. It's the because because there is no um, obvious track listing or uh, because because of the format of that album, which is a which is a vertically opening uh, long uh, kind of kind of portrait format gatefold sleeve. Uh, the f the Ostensibly, what's the front cover doesn't have David Bowie's name on it, nor the title of the album, um, when it's placed in in the racks in the stores. Um, so, 
RCA have placed a sticker on the shrink wrap, which has both the title and uh, artist and track listing on it. Um, and it's formatted like a, what kind of like a postcard. In fact, it says it says postcard yes. across the top of that, um, which again this this kind of sense of uh, of distance that it, it comes from obviously the album sleeve design itself. But um, but so, so that's why I've never I've never taken it off because the the sticker is on is on the shrink wrap. I see. Well, my yeah. my my addition is the. Um it's not the the gatefold, so the single um, sleeve. And from the earliest days of owning this, just really not known um, how to uh, how to approach it. It really requires looking at the spine for a reference point to know which mm. the front is, which way up I'm supposed to hold it. And um, mm. before even looking at what the image is itself and trying to <laughs> decode what angle we're seeing this, this bathroom scene from, uh, Bowie seems to be floating um, uh, mm. midair, but with a, a very squashed up appearance, almost as if the entire room is uh, facing downwards and that Bowie is on some kind of glass floor. Um, yes. uh, struggling with a broken arm, um, half undressed, it seems, and very uncomfortable. I think uh, a very successful way of uh, communicating um, being out of place and um, inviting you as the, the listener or the viewer uh, to, to get involved in that, that chaos, that moment of chaos. Yes, and while it's a clearly a, a, a highly staged artwork, um, it, uh, it, the lighting um, and the kind of tone, the tonal range of the photograph suggests a, 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 a snapshot, a paparazzi, um, harsh flash kind of image, um, which, which is totally at odds with the with the staged setup approach. Yes, uh, for the uh, a brave. Um, photograph to take for something that is almost like a Stanley Kubrick um, setup for uh, a, a, a particular shot with a particular kind of gravity to it. And then to um, create this really quite appalling <laughs> image that um, makes no sense anyway and is even more difficult to decode. And it looks like a certain amount the... of. Uh... Sorry, what's that, Rob? Uh, carry on. I'll ask a question. Uh, it seems like a certain amount of after um, additional colouring in in some places, or that might just be effect of the the flash. The, the flash. It, it, I've always read it as as flash, um, but uh, perfectly possible that it's been um, it's been airbrushed. Um, do you have the inner sleeve? Not the original one, though. No. Well, I've got the I've got the inner sleeve here, and while the one side is is just lyrics and credits um production credits the um the other side is is a photograph uh the same photograph of of Bowie from the front cover um sized down to fit the uh, to fit the twelve inch format but he he's superimposed over a montage um a kind of four of four images one of which is the is actually part of the the front cover the uh 
it's actually it remains the background from for Bowie from the front cover the sink uh, section yeah but the other the other three the other three are international uh, images of um, um, and somewhere that could be could be Thailand um, or Vietnam with some Buddhist monks praying um, to and uh, offering up uh, uh, something at, at, towards a, an altar and uh, and a picture of uh, actually it could be uh, Hindu monks actually yeah, Chris could be Krishna um, <clears throat> in the picture um, but I'm not certain about that a, a photograph that looks like a, a travel snap taken in a in a bazaar and uh, with with a uh, curious looking westerner well a female standing at the back looking looking out into the towards the photographer and um and a photograph uh, which could could be in the african continent of um, of, of young boys uh, pushing out a a fishing boat of some kind a small fishing boat um so this montage of, of you know, Bowie over a series of places, none of which seem to connect to um, to anything we we know about Bowie. Um, you know, and obviously it's reflected in in the kind of eclectic nature of the songs, but uh, it it continues that inner sleeve. So it's all all a very curious kind of invites decoding um, and huge amount of speculation. I imagine at the time, just getting I didn't get this until several years after its release. Uh, I, I hadn't seen the um, the inner sleeve until I, I don't I don't think until the nineties when I when I got hold of this copy. Um, but, but as you say, all of these things just really figure into this notion of, of Bowie as a mysterious character. And yes, um, one, one one who doesn't present in everything to us all the time and very on the surface. I think in those days the role of the fan really was. Um, um, one of um, real concern for their, their hero with, with uh, no access to regular, reliable information. If you were a fan in, in this period, um, you must have been um, really worried for him. <laughs> you really must have thought, what, I really hope he's okay. At once in control of his life to, you know, the, the most minute degree, but... Um, um, in, in other aspects, really presenting uh, an uh, undefinable, chaotic um, um, image of himself. Mm, and these things are all like small postcards coming from a, a foreign country. You know, we, we are waiting for a little message that indicates that our, uh, our, the object of our, of our fandom is... Uh, is alive, well, uh, not you know, not gone, hasn't gone insane, um, and is functioning as a musician. Yes, and uh, what a what a lot of attention, um, waiting quietly for ten years, um, has achieved. You know, I think if there'd been regular updates on the Bowie site about how he uh, got the drums laid down and was um, mm. uh, in touch with Robert Fripp to do some guitar work for the new album. We, we wouldn't mm -hmm. um, anticipate it in the same way as no information and simply waiting for uh, um, something to happen if it was going to happen. And at the moment, yeah, we've given so up something appearing. Um, really, uh, is, a, is a, especially in the, 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 the age of information, 
where any kind of um, activity from celebrities is either recorded deliberately in minute detail by themselves and promoted, or some kind of leak, you know, some kind of album leak yes. happens that we get to hear it before we're supposed to. Uh, so to mm. still be in control of um, that entire system, that in entire um, music industry uh, context, is um, is a, a remarkable achievement, I think. And reminiscent of the period that Scott Walker, I think, went through as well, and as a, as a fan, fan of Scott Walker, one got used to that um, that that long extended silence. Um, and I remember reading, uh, I think it was nine. 1984, when Climate of Hunter was released, uh, uh, re reading um, uh, what what had be really become a very rare interview in, with uh, with Scott Walker in in uh, the NME, um, where it was kind of put to him that he kind of disappeared all these years, and and that he said, well, you know, not kind of said not from not from his perspective, he he hadn't disappeared. He was no, just he was still there every day in in the pub play watching people play darts. I think was the uh, um, was the quotation. But, um, but yeah, so it, it it's a very different um, environment now that we're Bowie's releasing this into, and I don't think there's anything been quite like it before. I um, uh, I know you're not a fan of um, the band My Bloody Valentine, but um, as a as a interjection, um, the the <laughs> twenty year wait was um, uh, broken. Um, uh, I suppose two or three weeks ago by a new album suddenly appearing on their website, and um, I, I I did download it. Um, uh, from their website at the time and have been listening to it while I created my own CD <laughs> so that I could uh, um, move that around. And um, the album arrived on my doormat yesterday. And uh, very interesting in the context of re-sleeves um, to look at the, uh, the album release. So uh, first of all, it's marginally larger than a 12-inch record sleeve. So I think um, if you measure a, a, a record sleeve anyway, it's a little bit, you know, a, a centimetre or so larger to allow the, the vinyl and uh, inner sleeve to go in. Mm. But the, um, yes. the the My Bloody Valentine album is significantly taller than anything else in my um, uh, record <laughs> collection. Um, in, it's an, another gatefold, and on the inside... Um, there's a little slot cut into the cardboard to house the free CD. So um, I think a lot of people want to uh, still own the uh, full, you know, what's perceived as being the, the full package, but won't necessarily have the record player. So to appease those people, or, you know, for at least uh, the, the additional option of having a digital copy, um, which I think still is standard. The, um, the CD still seems to be uh, um, maybe it's an intermediary um, vehicle for the full transition to the digital domain. But I think still yes. people would, would treat that as the, um, the primary way to get. To, I don't know. This, maybe this. Maybe I, yes. it's not true. I, but this little slot. Yeah. This 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 little mm -hmm. slot represents the. Um, Something that I've never seen in a, a, um, a an album sleeve before. So I've certainly seen um, a little card 
that um, you can download the code from the internet, the, the music from that bit yes. of the code. Um, and I've seen free CDs just uh, loose in the, uh, the album sleeve, and you can do what you like with that. But to actually find somewhere where the CD is housed like that in, a, in an album was quite an interesting addition. And the, the information is spread then across both the inner, um, well, the, the, the booklet associated with the CD and the album sleeve itself. Uh, so it's cr across those two formats. And then the last thing that I um, noticed about this sleeve was there's no barcode. So it's sold via their, um, their website only. And uh, they, it's never going to go through a, a shop um, uh, sales system. And so for, for yes. the first time in 20 years or whatever, the, uh, the barcode is uh, absent from the, from the album sleeve. That's interesting. I wonder if that's something that we're going to see increasingly happen. Whether I mean, the barcode is finding a new home in kind of on-screen work, if a QR codes and <clears throat> sort of um, more sophisticated barcodes that we can hold our phone in front of scanners with. Um, but I wonder if it will start to disappear from physical formats, or at least not have the the, the kind of urgency. There, there was a period in the I think in the in the 90s, um, when the barcode itself started to become kind of an, uh, uh, an element of the design, almost as if we were embracing that kind of notion of the album as a, a as a unit of um, for for cor for a corporation to sell us and to shift through a system. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's over. I think it was always the ugliest part of um, the graphic design, and um, I suppose graphic designers. Um, as their job is to unify the, the, the relevant information and uh, I suppose naturally turned to other solutions to incorporate it into a, a nicer, a nicer uh, means and perhaps ones to make it seem less of a purely corporate uh, unit and um, part of a, a more aesthetic experience. Well, I, I could see that obviously, you know, I, having, had, having done some record sleeve design myself in an earlier career uh, it, it was always something we we wanted to be able to incorporate into the design and designed for rather than uh, rather than have imposed on us by uh, at a later stage in the in the process because because lots of the things we were looking at that's what appeared to to have happened that somebody would design a a lovely package for a cd or for a 12 inch single and then um, a distributor would impose on top of that a barcode uh, without any without any consideration for the design. Yes, there's always a painful moment when you uh, buy a reissued um, album and um, if the if it's not from the original label, which it usually isn't, uh, just how sensitive the graphic designer has been in removing the old label and putting something else in its place, whether they've just... Um, I've seen some really appalling collages in the past, um, pre-Photoshop, where someone with a pair of scissors has uh, snipped away the, the old uh, logo and replaced it with a, a piece of coloured card, uh, approximately the same shade as the, um, the album jacket. Yes. Well, there's something about the... the with the Bowie albums, with the and with these albums about the reissues in the in the nineteen nineties, um, if I'm if I'm correct, it was in the late nineteen nineties. Um, 
when Bowie's catalogue was being widely kind of repackaged. Um, and and there was something that, that happened at that time that that's rather curious that uh, that the mystery of these sleeves was all was completely exposed that we that we started not getting the single photograph from a session but we started to see many images uh, almost as if a fan had suddenly got access to the archives and yes. couldn't uh, couldn't resist sharing all of this stuff with other fans which in one sense is is very nice but but absolutely in another sense completely destroyed the mystique of the original sleeves it's true that um, it would have been a very careful decision by the original graphic designer what went in and um, uh, painfully selecting one photograph that's marginally different to another one um, because this is their job to care in that, that level of detail. Uh, and then for, for, for down the, you know, a few years down the line, some years down the line, for another graphic designer to undo all that and include all the, uh, the, the, the reje ultimately rejected images as part of a um, thorough documentation, but ultimately we shouldn't regard uh, uh, record sleeves as being documentation in that sense. It's, uh, a let's say, a he very heavily edited documentary <laughs> design. Mm. Um, and to, to see all the outtakes reveals um, certainly more information, but it, it affects what that, it, the in original intended result was. Yeah, the it really really influences the reading of the whole thing. I remember, um, I guess it would have been it would have been albums around around the early eighties, the late seventies, early eighties when, uh, yeah, when, early eighties when Peter Gabriel's solo albums were were being released. Uh, really adoring those sleeves, um, but then being being fascinated by subtle variations of the images that would appear on publicity photographs or promotional record shop uh, posters. Um, and indeed today, in, in looking around these sleeves, I, um, I noticed, uh, which we'll, we'll give a link to on the, on the website, um, a site about the, uh, the designs for Lodger that that featured a, again a, a record store promotional poster for Lodger, which has a slightly different um, photograph of Bowie in the in the Lodger album pose, but one which is his uh, is faced as a, is at a slightly different angle, and his mouth is closed. And yes, I've never I'm, seen that before. I'm looking at that now, and it's uh, it's actually a lot easier then to understand what the um, the original photograph or setup must have been. So he seems to be holding onto something almost like a climbing wall. So there's a mysterious handle in his hand in the uh, record sleeve version of that photograph. And seeing the image you're referring to, um, it, uh, it, it makes it a little clearer anyway what, um, what the original setup um, surely must yes. have been. Is it a sheet of glass? Is is there glass involved, or is it just tape? Because it, it always appeared to me that he'd been, that, that he was lying on on a sheet of glass and being photographed through that with the pen, also suspended on the same on the same plane. Is I think I'd, I I think I'd assumed that surely must be the case because of the seriously squashed nose that um, mm, would and be the hand um, as well. The, indeed, yeah. 
Yes. So that was my my reading of uh, what yeah. what we were seeing. Yeah. Well, it's a very low. Is a very uh, sorry. Lodger is a is a very different sleeve to the others. In fact, all these three arms. You know, the more the more one looks at them, the less of a trilogy they become in all in all kinds of ways. Um, and and in terms of in terms of design, they they are all very very different. Do you have your copy of Heroes to to hand? I do. I have. I do. And it's, it's this is this is another one where I have the original. Um, in front of me, so I have it with the uh, lyric sheet, and it's just—it's what, what's nice about seeing this alongside the later reissues is the—is is how dense and lustrous the varnish is on the, on the original compared to the later cheaper reissues. Mm-hmm. I have the cheaper yeah. reissue with a uh, barcode on the back. Yeah, this is the original. Well, I was taking a close look at the um, the image this week and noticed, I think something I'd noticed before as a teenager, and that is the curious... Uh, it's, it's interesting, then, that in the Barnbrook... Um, uh, uh, we can't really call it censored, but obliterated uh, version... <laughs> Um, the detail I'm about to describe to you is, is just missed. You know, it, the, the white square obliterates this, this detail on Bowie's ear, um, which is a curious dotted line, white dotted line along his jawline. Yes. That um, yes. seems to be... I was trying to find a reference to this, but I'd heard somewhere in an interview that um, this was... Um, uh, Bowie's decision to uh, sharpen his own jawline um, with um, uh, available effects of the, the day, which would be the, the ear of the airbrush. And this seemed to be a, a relatively careless uh, guideline um, imposed by the uh, whoever was given that responsibility. Um, because, it, well, there, there are people who spend a lot of time looking at Bowie's face and ear on any um, record sleeve. And um, it does seem to be something that um, uh, uh, has, has, hasn't been removed completely. I don't know whether that's possibly intentional or um, just a, a clue as to how Bowie himself would have uh, regarded his own image when seeing the, the, the finished results. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen yeah, very nice um, ori- original photographs or from photograph prints from the original negatives of these these photographs, and I've and I've never noticed that before. I didn't I didn't have a good look at them at the time, but it's certainly it's certainly curious, and it um, it looks like more than just an artifact of. Uh, of printing or of uh, scanning, I guess, of, of the equivalent of scanning in that time. But then these, these would have been physically stripped in to uh, to the uh, to the layouts, wouldn't they? So you you had to make alterations directly on directly on the prints. Yes. Yes. So I don't know. I don't know what that is. It'd be it'd be interesting to to compare this with. Um, with the the photographs as as I guess we'll see them exhibited at the V and A. Yes, I this might this might think, be our, our yes. opportunity to crack that uh, that mystery. 
Yes. Um, and there was a very expensive book, wasn't there, of the of the photographs printed, uh, published quite recently that, um, again, would be interesting to, to take a look at. Um, but it, it, the printing, te- it certainly does reveal the limitations of pr- printing technologies of the day as well. Uh, none, none of these things are, are beautifully printed. It's, it's, this is something that's clearly a mass, a mass product. Um, and I guess if you compare it with um, what people are doing now with vinyl, where where it's a smaller, smaller market for those things, and um, and certainly comparatively more expensive product, um, then uh, I, I guess we are, we're seeing a much a much higher level of a high degree of kind of control over the final the final result. It and also, I, I'm guessing at the. At, I'm guessing at the time of of this. We, it, it was typical for a, a graphic designer to be working within the confines of a, of a large record company and, and not having very much control over the pro- whole process. Yes. Yeah. But there was something that um, I noticed. I, I, in fact, I, I, looking back, I don't know whether I noticed this um, uh, earlier, but the, the back um, cover of the album is a photograph as well. So what seems to be yes. a, a, a solid grey or black uh, image is surely um, a close-up of whatever the background is from the cover. Yes, there are I tonal, think absolutely right. Uh, minimal tonal variations, but it certainly lends it a quality that is not uh, a pure expanse of grey or black. No, I think it, it it means we we do consider the whole thing as a photographic sleeve rather than yeah. a, rather than a piece of piece of artwork or a graphic of graphic design, and the type it gives the the type a kind of floating quality, as well. I think um, well, we, neither of us have seen it yet, but the Farmbrook um, um, version that uh, the new album by Jonathan Farmbrook. Well, I wonder how closely uh, the typography that he is going to be using will mirror what we're seeing on the back of uh, the Heroes uh, album, whether there will be yeah. uh, sly, subtle references to the very already very subtle uh, album design. One thing I know Barnbrook will be um, looking closely at with mixed feelings is the um, the, the tracking, you know, the kerning of the, the letters, um, mm. a very tight, <laughs> a very tight kern between the A and the V, for example, of uh, David. Yes, it's a it's a <clears throat> it's a hand constructed logo type, rather than a, just a, a straight setting of the of the text, isn't it? There's no room for um, for anything in there. Um, I've, it's only mm-hmm. relatively recently that I've become uh, interested in the the rules and regulations of uh, type layout. And um, it, uh, looking back on my favourite album sleeves, this is one thing that stands out. Um, when when something's gone, uh, if not wrong, then you know the rules have been bent or broken. Um, being more familiar with that context now, it makes it more apparent when uh, 
when the designer or somebody has uh, has um, created their own rules for the for the lettering. Mm. Mm. I think that well, you know, typ- typically these things would have the logo type, the display type, if you if you like, would have been hand lettered or or created from perhaps a, a dry transfer lettering. If I don't know whether whether the hero's um, title lettering is is a is a known typeface, it's certainly quite familiar. Um, but that could just be because it's so familiar from yes, seeing indeed, the sleeve. Yeah. Uh, but certainly, typically, that would have been um, a separate piece of artwork, and then the the track listing and credits are are typeset in a much more traditional sense that would have been come off a, off of a typesetting machine and and um, cut and pasted up onto the onto a piece a separate piece of artwork for stripping in for the photograph to be stripped in behind it. So it's a very mechanical process, and these these kind of close readings, while it might seem obsession, you know, bordering on obsessiveness, um, it does start to reveal the, the 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 physical way these things were were made and 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 put together, and which is which I think is a very different thing to um, to working on a screen when uh, when everything is kind of rendered uniformly and given given a sense of coherence just by all being. Uh, or being digital, um, and I wonder if the the Barnbrook thing the is it does it does feel like those two those two forms are kind of crossing over the uh, the very the the typeface that he's used for the next day is a is a is a, a digitally native typeface. It's clearly computer set, um, and the cutout of the of the center of the sleeve, I, I guess, also is. And I guess what we're dealing with is, is a scan of the original hero's sleeve that has then been manipulated, yes. rather than ra- rather than something being typeset and or artworked and imposed on the sleeve. I mean, could, I could be wrong, but that, as you say, we're only dealing at the moment with very small uh, renderings of this, so it's it's hard to tell. Uh, but that's what it seems like. Yes, uh, I, I, I became very. Um, uh, aware whilst looking at the Barnbrook sleeve uh, the the real value of um, very nicely set typography I think it's um, it's a very difficult thing to do uh, it's very easy to get wrong but um, when when it is right then the whole the whole thing has a quality of its own it's got a, a life of its own mm. so look, looking across at um, at low um, I guess we, we're we're, treat, we're talking about these in reverse order, which is interesting in itself. Uh, the way we found into it, go, digging back through the successive layers of uh, Bowie archaeology, <laughs> if you like. Yes. Um, I, I'm looking at um, in in this case, looking at at the RCA International reissue of the of of Low. So I'm not looking at the original. I think you've got the original. Um, I think um, yes, I think it is the original. Yeah. Okay, so the it's version I'm looking not at has got original with the, with a you know I didn't buy it at the time, but um, yeah. it's certainly uh, yeah, it's, I, I think I got this one in 1985. Well, the RCA international sleeves tend to be much more cheaply produced, so I um I don't know you'll have to tell me if the uh, if the front if the actual quality of print on the front cover is significantly uh, improved, but. Um, it, it's not a very high quality print, um, and it's a quite fairly 
uh, me medium kind of varnish over the whole thing. But it's certainly nothing like the, the luster and depth that the hero's cover has. Everything is to do with hair <laughs> in this uh, in this image. Um, <laughs> there is a, a joke um, interpretation that um, the, uh, during this period Bowie was keeping a low pr profile, a low public <laughs> profile, and of course the album title is Low, and Bowie appears in uh, profile. This this shot's taken from um, the the film The Man Who Fell to Earth made the year previous to release. Yeah. Um, so this is the second album cover using a still from that, that movie. Yes, indeed, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah station so. to Station was 1976 album, wasn't it? 75? Yes. Six, I think. Mm. The The... The background, the, the strange cloudy orange background, um, apart from one tiny green bit that I've just noticed, is a later addition. So I think in this scene, Bowie is strolling, I think it's along a, a, a lakeland scene, and there's certainly not this um, uh, apocalyptic uh, orange background. But I think the graphic designer has... Um, uh, notice that the the standout element of Bowie here is the vivid, fiery orange hair, and created an album sleeve uh, based around that. Yes, I, I I recently rather rather I was rather alarmed to re dig this out and realize how many of my purchasing decisions of things like clothes had been influenced by the color scheme of this album. Um, lots of orange items, bags, and uh, I, I have a uh, I, I have a top that's um, in almost exactly orange and brown. Um, I have a bag, a computer bag that's orange and brown in the same kind of the same kind of tones. Um, I, I have an iPod, an iPad case that's a similar shade of orange. It's um, it's remarkable how. Uh, how something sticks with you and and stays as, as just as a color scheme, and the, and yeah. the, I guess that's the standout thing here is the color scheme. Yes, indeed. I think orange is perhaps the color to get wrong in um, in any kind of uh, color combination, whether that's uh, graphic design or sartorial. Uh, if if you wear orange wrongly, it's a, a very very <laughs> clear um, failure. Here it's um, very, <laughs> very successful. We were talking about the um, mysterious sticker that uh, appears on the the um, the back of the uh, the yes. album with the with the track the um, eleven track titles. Um, there's evidence on my. Um, copy um, and I've got the haziest memory of doing this of, of assuming that that sticker was there because one of the track titles had either been changed or misspelled or something had to be that this was the, rather than withdraw all the um, album sleeves after they've been printed this was the label's uh, relatively cheap solution um, as I imagined it was uh, to um, 
send someone out to stick uh, this sticker over all the um, whatever the mistake proved to be. And there's evidence on my, you know, getting into the cultural archaeology element uh, very directly. I've tried to remove this layer, this sticker, to see uh, to see what's under there, and quickly realised that um, the um, I guess the paper has degraded over the time over time to the point where it's not, like we can't treat it as a sticker anymore. It's um, a conservation exercise to remove it if we're going to. And I've decided not, you know, back then, I guess, I've decided not to remove it. And um, I'm still very curious then as to what, it, <laughs> what if anything, is <laughs> underneath that, that sticker. Because yeah. it's quite possible that it... It's quite possible that there's nothing at all under it, and it's just a record company's in decision to um, to overrule the graphic designer and the artist in and and to put an al a track listing on there so that uh, fans would would know how many. Yeah, I I think um, this would have, this certainly was the the first um, noticeable um, going off road. Uh, for, for Bowie, that um, he'd turned in an album which, and one entire side of which was instrumental, largely instrumental. So, w what a what a switch from the this established form of um, this is something that you would do with a a, a, a single, the B side of a single um, in its original seven-inch vinyl form, could be treated as a, a space for some experimentation. That if you yeah, that the, the label would sanction, uh, the record company would sanction some um, uh, 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 experimentation, uh, but so long as it went on the B side of the single, where no one would would notice it, only the most ardent <laughs> fan would uh, collect those or pay attention to those. But to treat an entire album release like that, to put all the pop hits on side A, and then put all the weird Eno. Uh, uh, ambient stuff on on the B side um, really must have confused the, the record label. So if the uh, if the answer was that the graphic designer had chosen a pure orange, and here this time it really is just an orange block rather than a, a close up of something orange. Um, uh, what a what a powerful. Well, in, in terms of uh, traffic lights. Um, um, Orange means wait, doesn't it? It means you're going to have to wait for something, usually only a yes. second or two later. But it seemed to be a prefiguring of um, um, Bowie taking some time out to do exactly his own thing. And um, yes. that would explain, this is all conjecture, but maybe that would explain the uh, disassociated um, sticker with the, the record label, at least trying to make it apparent that there is music on this uh, this release. <laughs> yes, it's strange because those kind of decisions now to not put a track listing would be, I think, much easier ones um, to to live with for a, for a record label. Um, I'm just uh, digging around and I'm just looking for photographs of the original because I've got the reissue here. Um, it seems that the, the, certainly the orange, the tone of orange on the rear of the original is less vivid than the tone on the uh, uh, slightly fi more fiery tone on the reissue. Um, and 
trying to think it's there. And I have one photograph here, which I'm, it's hard to tell, but I, I think it's the original. I don't have the original to compare it to. Has the sticker in a slightly different position. Um, so it's off. Uh, it's off uh, level, um, and it's um, closer to the RCA logo at the bottom of the sleeve. And there's certainly no evidence of anything revealed by its um, its different positioning. Mm -hmm. So uh, it might be that the the mystery is solved. Yes. Yes, this is this is on a on on the website on a on a blog called Vinyl Stockholm at blogspot.co.uk and uh, and it claims to be this obviously the full photographs now it's the it's the 1977 UK first pressing um, so that would seem to uh, solve it and it's quite it's quite possible that someone that someone's managed to remove that sticker and put it back <laughs> in mm. a slightly different uh, different position. But it, yeah, this is the this is the original, and has a lyric insert. So yours has the lyric insert, too. No, I I don't have the lyric. Oh dear. It put me in mind of, of the um, Bowie. Certainly a fan of um, Velvet Underground and their sticker tricks of um, the, the the classic example of the um, uh, um, pop art banana. Pe literally peeling off the the album sleeve to reveal mm. um, a, a distinctly phallic pink um, soft banana beneath. Um, <laughs> I can't believe that this sticker is in any way a tribute to that. Uh, mm. Use of sticker in graphic design, perhaps a subject for a future re-sleeve examination. Yes, and there's plenty more to say about the about these albums as well, particularly the the whole thing about the pose on the heroes, because it, that that I guess the one of the iconic parts of that of that sleeve is is the uh, is the, the strange um, geometrical angular pose that Bowie's adopting in that in that single photograph from an extensive photo session. Mm -hmm. Yes, and the uh, the links that we've seen, the, the visual mirroring with um, Iggy Pop's uh, gesturing on her sleeves. Mm, is there something you want to talk about now, or should we leave that for? Shall, yeah, shall a we? Well, show. given yeah. given that this is officially Bowie Month, um, perhaps <laughs> we can re revisit it um, um, uh, on a yes. future podcast. I think so. I think it, I think it deserves this, this album in particular is, is, deserves a lot of attention. Um, and also, I mean, but there are, there are plenty of others, aren't there? There are plenty of, of other Bowie sleeves that um, that certainly at the time intrigued and mystified um, as a young as a young music fan. Uh, these are the things that um, that drew me into the to the Bowie mythology, I guess. Um, beyond the music, or maybe maybe before the music. Yes, it was certainly the thing that um, got me interested in uh, graphic design. Was um, I think the first time that I can remember uh, knowing that I wanted to do a particular job as a career was to um, imagine myself um, creating um, album sleeves. So it was it was I, I I've never really been a um, a musician. I've never seriously taken uh, music 
um, rather I've never really taken music seriously in that sense, but certainly the trappings of music, um, the, the graphic images and so on, uh, are what influence me. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and similarly with um, the, some of the earliest uh, constructed photography that, that I found myself doing, it was, it was um, self-portraiture because no one else would uh, had the patience to pose for me. And, um, and, and they would often, they, w they weren't straight replicas or, or mimicking these, these sleeves or Bowie's poses, but certainly uh, an influence on, uh, on, on how I would construct that image of myself. Excellent. Okay. Well, that's been excellent, Ben. That's been a, a rigorous analysis, that. I think. Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, we've got so we've gone slightly long, um, an hour, an hour and four minutes, uh, but I don't think that's a problem. I think this is um, this is the kind of subject that does tend to open out, as you as you as you say, like it's it's almost archaeology, as you as you find open one thing, you you find a whole bunch of other things that are worthy of uh, of of investigation um yes so we get we get we're going to try for a fortnightly show on reese sleeves is that right yes i think uh um uh, uh twice a month is entirely manageable there's a um it also means that we can keep abreast of current developments in the um uh, the music world in terms of things being released that we're interested in yeah so in two weeks' time, we'll we'll have the uh, the new Bowie in our in our eager hands. Yes, it will be be a reality. Yeah. And uh, and so therefore that will, I guess that will be uh, that will be something we can talk about if I can get hold of the vinyl too. That will be that will be excellent. Um, but no, I think it's a nice format for doing this, and I think. Um, we we need to extend this out to other forms, but I think initially podcast is a really is a really nice way into it, and um, uh, and will lend itself to some of the other things that, that we've got we've got a lecture coming up from from you I know at um, at Bayad, um, which we'll we'll record too and see if we can um, I'm sure we we can uh, expand on some of that during the podcast as well. Yeah. So thanks, Ben. I think we've got a slight delay on the line this time. I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's Friday afternoon and everyone's everyone's using Skype. Yes, could be. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but um, so so two weeks time, we'll uh, we'll try and get a, an, another of these conversations done. But that's been uh, that's been a great uh, great start. Um, so I'll have this. We'll have this up on we'll have this up on iTunes over the uh, early part of the weekend, and um, you'll be. At, you better find uh, more information at futurillo.com um, <clears throat> and we'll put a we'll put a link there to uh, a page about uh, about resleeves and, uh, and and host the uh, the individual podcasts as they as they come online and um, we'll pop up the the links to the various things we've been talking about there as well so if um, if anyone wants to wants to follow those up for themselves or or can uncover some some things that we've been unable to then that would be that would be even more interesting and uh, do we have a, a Twitter account um, in the works? Is that coming out soon? Yep, I think, yep, Reese Leaves um, is the Twitter again. I'll put that up up there on the on the page as well. But yes, I think Reese Leaves is the is the Twitter account, and uh, it's not it's not uh, it's not 
been um, used yet, but um, we'll, we'll, as soon as the podcast goes up, we'll, um, we'll announce it there too. Excellent. Well, I look forward to the next okay. installment. Okay, it's been great talking to you, Ben. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay, bye.